what is up you guys i hope everyone is doing okay and surviving all these crazy times we're in right now i literally keep saying that i feel like we're in a video game and this is not real life and when is this all gonna end well to take your mind off of things for a few minutes i have today on my episode my girl everyone's girl everyone in new york's girl specifically Lindsay from we met at acme she talks to us about all things dating dating in new york dating during the coronavirus and just dating in general she bestows upon us all of her takeaways and insights that she's learned throughout the years and things that she's discussed on her podcast so it's very informative and really fun and I just love talking to her also I asked you guys for submission questions on my Instagram stories before I chatted with her so don't worry I got you guys covered I asked your questions so make sure you stay tuned for that for those of you guys who do not know me my name is Elaine Chaya please make sure to connect with me on my Instagram I always say my Instagram because that's the way that I chat with everyone directly I respond to every one of your messages my Instagram I will put it in the show notes but it's Elaine Chaya E-L-A-I I-N-E-C-H-A-Y-A. I'm also going to put Lindsay's Instagram, her podcast, and a specific episode that she mentions in my episode in the show notes for you to listen to and connect with. And make sure you go back and listen to my other podcast episodes after this one because we all have nothing else to do here. So I have loads of entertainment to keep you guys entertained for days. Can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Again, make sure to reach out to me. I would love to hear your thoughts. Lindsay, thanks for doing this. Hope you guys are all staying safe. Enjoy. So I think I'm not just only excited about this episode, but so many people are excited because I posted an Instagram story that I was going to do this podcast episode with you and I got so many submission questions and my girl Isabel specifically wanted me to say hello and that she loves you. So I promised I would. Oh my God. Wait, my friend Isabel or your friend Isabel? Do you have a friend named Isabel too? I have two friends named Isabel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, my friend Isabel. So I guess Isabel is just the name to be friends with. I love an Isabel. What I like to do at the beginning of my episode is a little monologue intro about my guests. So I'm going to do a very quick one about you because you don't need an introduction, even though you're going to give one soon. It's so crazy because I feel like we live in a very small world, even though the world is so huge because we've been emailing for a few weeks to coordinate this. And literally I was at the Edition Hotel. That's kind of new here, but you guys have one in New York. And there was a guy that I met there who was from New York. And somehow we were talking about how I'm on Instagram and I have a podcast. And he goes, actually, I was featured or mentioned on a podcast one time. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, have you heard of the podcast we met at Acme? I'm like, obviously. No way. He said that he was the only one mentioned by name on the first episode you did in 2017. Do you know who I'm talking about? Is his name Seth? Yes. Seth literally goes around telling every single person that We Met at Acme is based off of him. So that's the funniest thing ever. It's his claim to fame. And now he's been mentioned on two podcasts. So literally he's done. He's a podcaster featured mentioned person. It's literally his claim to fame. I can't wait for him to hear this and get so excited. Isn't that funny and when we were at the edition because we just met him there he was wearing this like cheetah silky like button down top so I think he's just trying to get the attention to be featured on places that's what it is at this point oh definitely that sounds very sad but he's really nice so it works for his favor too he's living the dream okay so now let's rewind I'm with Lindsay from we met at Acme everyone's favorite millennial dating podcast from New York I've heard so much about you from other people I listen to your podcast my other girl Emily I just need to give shout outs to my friends who are just 
was like literally obsessed and they would get so mad if I didn't name drop them. <laughs> Love them. So for those who don't know who you are, can you just give a little debrief of who you are, where you grew up, how you became a podcaster, the whole spiel? Yeah. So my name is Lindsay. I grew up in New York City. I've always been really curious and interested in people's dating lives. And a few years ago, I found myself single and confused and thought that I really wanted a dating podcast to listen to and there wasn't one out there. So I was like, oh, let me just talk about dating with my guy friends and girlfriends and record it. And so that's essentially what happened. And that's how we met at Acme was born. What inspired the name? I know that you've gone to Acme. It's a club in New York. It's a club in New York. I thought that it sounded really good. I liked the whole we met somewhere. And then Acme seemed like a great place to finish the sentence with because I was going out there a lot at the time, as Seth would tell you. As Seth would say. And then what's Lindsay's Lunchbox? Lindsay's Lunchbox is my social media consulting company. Before I did the podcast and still, you know, on the side, I do social media for brands. And when I first launched the podcast that I thought was really important was going to be the Instagram for the podcast. And so I started doing these poll questions because just as a social media manager, I know that what people want is to talk about themselves and to answer questions and to have an interaction. And I realized that podcasts, while they're great, you're kind of just like listening to someone speak. There's something about you specifically. So I wanted to have the Instagram be an extension of the podcast where other people could write in essentially. So when you started your podcast, was it kind of like a new thing? Because now my friends and I joke about having a podcast is like a lower back tattoo. Like everyone has a podcast now, but you were probably one of the OG and the first people. So what was the initial reaction you got from your podcast? The reaction at first, I thought no one was going to listen to it because no one really listened to podcasts at the time. It was still for the older generation. And surprisingly, so many people did. And it actually caused a lot of drama at first because I named names, not thinking that anyone would actually listen to it. But it was definitely worth the drama. I think I was going to ask with the Seth name drop and the other people you mentioned, did people start to get wary about being around you, acting around you, or actually purposely act a certain way so they got name dropped? Definitely one extreme or the other. And you could tell right away. Now you're from New York. You lived in Boston for a little bit. What is New York dating like? Because I'm from LA and I think the grass is always greener on the other side. And New York dating must be so much better and easier because it's so easy to meet people when you're walking around and after work, everyone goes out. So just for those of us who don't live in New York, can you kind of paint the picture of what New York dating life is actually like? New York dating, as you said, it is easy to date in New York because everyone is everywhere. You always run into people in New York. I was actually just joking the other day. Like After I break up with people, I never run into them again. And then that day I ran into my ex and we were the only people at this restaurant, like the only two people, but separate. And so I think New York, there's so much more possibility. And it's also really romantic because you're walking everywhere and you're seeing so many amazing things all the time. And there's always something to do. But I think at the same time, New York is difficult because there are so many options. Do you feel like I've heard this from people who live in New York? Like, yeah, you do have the opportunity to date more, but they don't last as long. You get more options to go on dates in New York, but it's not necessarily the keeping ones, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. It's lots of opportunity, not a lot that sticks. And why do you think that is? I think just because of the amount of opportunity, people are not just going to settle just for like someone that is willing to go out with them because we have so many options here because there are so many people who are single for longer, like older single people. 
if that makes any sense. I was in New York in May for Memorial Day weekend and I'm on the dating app. So I was like swiping away. It was interesting because there they initially match with you, the guys, they'll talk to you and they'll be like, let's go out. Even though you're there for a weekend in LA, it takes maybe three weeks for someone to even ask you out or even talk to you. Yeah, because in LA, people can only do like one thing a week. And it's like this joke we have in New York. <laughs> with your podcast, you talk a lot about taboo kind of things like, you know, kinky stuff and porn. Is that stuff you talked about before you did the podcast or do you purposely push the envelope to kind of have these conversations on your podcast? That's a really good question. I was always like the pusher of the envelope in my group of friends talking about things that people were like, oh, I can't believe you just said that. I've kind of always been known as someone who says what everyone else is thinking, but I had never, I mean, I definitely had never publicly talked about sex in that way. And I remember when I first did, my mom and my sister were like, what are you doing? Like, you need to remove this. Like, you can't be talking about this publicly that's not okay. Guys are going to look at you differently and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. And then what was the reaction you got when you did these types of episodes? People were really positive and they were so excited that these things were being talked about. Just how it is with dating because sex is a part of dating. I think it's interesting. And I think maybe the reason why people are attracted to your podcast is because these are topics people probably want to talk about or silently talk about with their friends and they don't have anywhere to go for it. And so you're kind of bringing that platform so they can openly be able to have those conversations or listen to you have those conversations and not feel alone. Yeah, totally. I have some submission questions for you from people that wanted to know something. So I'm going to ask you. Love it. First of all, Persian Jewish dating culture, because I'm Persian and Jewish. I know you are Jewish. Are you around the Persian Jewish culture? What is your take and opinion on it? Tell me all. I am very much around the culture. I went to Boston University with like every Persian that you probably know. Someone actually that I know DM me was like, oh my God, I went to be you with her. That's so funny. It seems a little bit more serious when it comes to Persian dating, because at least my Persian Jewish friends can't really move in with someone unless they're engaged, can't even barely have a boyfriend unless there's like a ring in the future. So if you're going to go for a Persian girl or guy, it's usually known that you have to be serious. You can't just be fucking around. So there's that element. And then it's just, you know, if you're Persian Jewish, you have to marry a Jew you don't really have a choice there. Otherwise you get shunned. And I also think that it's harder to come out as gay in that community, but that's all I've observed so far. And you don't think the general Jewish community is that strict? They're more kind of lenient about dating and things like that. I think it really depends, but I think all Jews want their kids to marry Jews. But I think for Persian Jews, it seems to be a non-negotiable. Are you looking for someone specifically Jewish or are you kind of open? No, I'm open, but it definitely makes it easier if they're Jewish. So the next question I have, when you're talking to a guy, why is it that they're usually going to Insta message you versus text you? They're a fuck boy. Is that what it is? Yeah, a real man doesn't do that. What is your take on fuck boys? Because you did mention in an episode about how people leave people around for opportunities and just to have them kind of around. But how do you smell if that's what's going on or that someone is just like, I don't know, taking their time to see what the situation is about? I think if you're confused at all about how someone feels about you, then they're a fuck boy or they just like aren't into it. If you're not confused, 
if you know that they're interested in you, it's obvious. They're reaching out to you every day. They're always making sure they keep in touch and talk about things with you and see you and make a future plan. It's more obvious than one would think, but it's really hard when you are talking to someone who's giving you a little bit every now and then because then you'll take it if you don't have other options. Now, this is my personal question, but Lindsay, tell me what's going on here. So I was talking to a guy, met on one of the apps, and like for a week, he was consistent. I said, can you call me? He called me the next day, texted me literally every day, made plans for dates. I'm like, wow, this guy seems normal. I've never met someone like this consistent. And then all of a sudden, it was like, goodbye. He never spoke to me again. And nothing really happened from what I saw on my end, but it just literally went from 100 to zero. I was upset about it. My friend and I decided to text him because I don't like ghosters. Like that does not work for me. And I confronted him just like, hey, no problem. But I just want to know what happened. And he was just like, I just saw us more as friends and that was it. But his actions did not correlate with that. So what do you think that was? I know you don't know, but like, tell me what your thoughts are. That's really confusing because it happens a lot. How long were you talking to him, seeing him? Were you intimate? No, we were talking literally for a week, but we went out twice in that week. He kissed me the second day and he was away in Mexico on a trip for his birthday. And he was messaging me from Mexico, which I wasn't even expecting he would. When's his birthday and when's yours? That's a good question because that was another question we're going to get into. His is February 15th. Mine is January 18th. So I'm on the cusp of Capricorn and Aquarius and he's an Aquarius. I think it sounds like he was just feeling it out because Aquarius are very black or white. If they like you, they're like obsessed with you. And so I think he just never got to that point. I don't think it had anything to do with you. He was just going back and forth. And then he was like, oh, whatever. I don't think he's the kind of person. I don't know him, but that would overthink it. Oh, well, she did that. She did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting. So that leads me to the next question. Are you into signs and really believing signs work with people? I'm really into signs signs and the personality traits of signs, but I'm not into compatibility signs necessarily. Like I don't think that it matters what your sign is with someone else's because there's so much more to your chart and so much more about you that's important. Signs for me is getting to know people based on the personality traits and then their rising and their moon and things like that. What sign are you? I'm a Libra. Okay. Well, what are your take on Geminis? Because I really liked a Gemini at one point and I feel like I went through a loophole with that because they're all over the place. I actually like Geminis. There's not really a sign I don't like. It totally depends on, again, like the rest of their chart. But Geminis, for the most part, have been really sweet to me. And obviously, there are some crazy ones in the bunch, but I think that's with every sign. I know Geminis get a bad rep, but so do Scorpios. Now, when in a relationship, is it okay to really show your feelings and like say to a guy that you like them, that you're interested? Do you believe in playing games and playing hard to get because I'm not about that, but everyone says that you need to do those things. So I think when I was younger, I would never have told anyone how I felt. I was very protective of my emotions and being vulnerable. And then as I got older and now knowing myself at 29, I think there's a lot of power in vulnerability. And we're very much like you and I both in like a no bullshit phase of our lives where we're not going to waste our time with someone that we're not interested in. But at the same time, you don't want to be pursuing. I'm very traditional. Like I don't want to be pursuing a guy, but I initiate something definitely. But then I would back off and I would wait for them to like come to me. And I would wait for them to say, I really like you too, you know, because for me, that's what makes me feel safe is not putting myself out there too much, at least in the beginning. 
beginning. Do you have dating mantras or rules in dating that you live by and you tell your friends to live by when you're first going out with someone? Sex is a big thing for me. I say no sex for a bit. You really need to get to know each other. What would you say a bit is? Like however long it takes for you to feel like you genuinely know that person and they know you and know your personality. So it could be anything from like five to 10 dates, depending on how much communication there is in between. But I think sex is just it's more fun when you know them and you can tell them what you like and don't like. And there's also like a really nice buildup, which is always hot. It's like in middle school, when you're going through the bases, you don't want to just go to home base right away. And then I always say like no more than two drinks on a first date or no drinks at all if you can, because it's just really nice to be able to know if you actually like this person or if it's like the alcohol talking. What is your rule on kissing on a first date? Because I think that if a guy tries to kiss you on a first date, they're not serious. That's like what I've made up in my mind. And I actually get really offended and mad. And I've for myself been proven right when a guy tries to kiss me on a first date. But what is your take on that? That's so funny. I wouldn't say that at all. I've been in both scenarios and both people were serious at certain times. So I think kissing on a first date is really nice if there's an opportunity for it. If they walk you home and give you a kiss. I'm newly seeing someone now. He didn't kiss me on the first date and that was also fine. But then my ex like did kiss me on the first date and we dated for two years. So I think it depends on the moment and if they feel confident enough to do that. But if they do, that doesn't mean you should judge them because that's a good thing. It doesn't mean they're not serious. It means they really like you and they can't help themselves from kissing you or wanting to. Two questions with this off of what you said. First of all, have you seen the show Love is Blind? Yes, obsessed. So is the entire world. I have so many opinions on that. But what is your take on the concept of the show? For those of you who have not seen the show, go watch it because we have nothing else to do right now. It's about seeing someone for who they are without seeing them, getting to know their personality and them on the inside. Do you agree with this belief? Yes and no. I think looks fade and personality is forever. So you should choose someone based on their personality. But I also think that physical attraction and sexual attraction is such a huge component of how you feel about someone. And I think a lot of the couples ended up not succeeding once they tested those two things. Do you feel like the couples that did succeed, it's a real authentic relationship that they have? Yeah, truly is. And I think part of why is because they also had a physical and sexual connection. Yeah, but this is the thing that I was saying to my friend about this show. When you get to see the person for the first time, the casting directors did not pick people that you would not be down with. I know we just talked about this in my episode on Sunday. It's like, what? I thought you were going to be blonde. I can't believe you're 5'4 and not 5'6. Yeah, but they're still attractive. It's like these people are all attractive. So it's not really that crazy. It's just like, oh, I didn't expect you to have this little change that you do have. You know, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. And I would just like to say, I do love Cameron and Lauren, except now I think they're getting super thirsty on social media and I kind of can't handle that. I know they're always posting. They're like trying to stay relevant, which I get. Ride that wave, babes. Now, okay, coronavirus. First of all, how are you guys dealing with this in New York? It's been really, really nuts. As you can see, I'm inside. I've been indoors since Saturday. I went on a walk yesterday. I actually have not left my apartment today and it's really hard not to go a little crazy, but it's really cold today and I'm not really trying to go on a walk and freeze. It's been really hard. Everyone is sending different information, kind of shaming people who they've heard have corona. It's like you should be uniting at this time, but it feels a little bit like everyone 
everyone's being attacked by everyone of like who can do what right. But I think it's all just because we're in fear right now. It's something that we can't control and no one knows what to do. Are you making a rule of there's certain people you're allowed to see or you're going to see or how does that work with you? Because I'm at home and I'm like, I'm not seeing anyone. We can FaceTime and that's about it. Yeah, I haven't really seen anyone. I really don't want to see anyone. I've been seeing this guy that I'm dating, but no one else really. I already said to him, if I have something, you have it. And he's like, I'm on board. Great. But family and friends is too touchy. You don't want to give them anything if you have something, but don't know you have it. Again, it's like so much unknown. And how long do you think this is going to last? How long do you think you're going to be inside for? I hope it lasts a few weeks, but it's seeming like it could be up to two months. But I, I really hope that's not the case. What do you think? I'm always optimistic, half glass full. I really think for like three weeks. I think by the end of mid-April, I think we're going to be free to go. All right. We'll see. We'll see if you're right. So my question with that, why I brought up coronavirus is because since I am single and I'm on the dating apps, I'm like, wow, this is prime time for dating app people because now guys, I think are more active because they don't have anything else to do. And people have been very clever on their dating profiles because they'll add something. They're like, we can hang together if you don't have coronavirus or something like that. Do you think this is going to make dating a little better? Because I'm like, it's twofold. One, if you're trying to go out, you actually can't. So it kind of hurts your situation here. But now you're stuck to go on dating apps and talk to people. And it's funny because I have a rule that if I match with someone, I have to FaceTime them first before I go on a first date. And guys would get freaked out about this request. But now they're all very like, sure, let's FaceTime. That's amazing. I actually do think it's going to really help the dating world. Everyone is on their dating apps and there's so many creative ways to reach out and to flirt. And I feel like if you can cultivate a relationship over FaceTime, which is like kind of like love is blind, but I guess you can see each other, then you could definitely at least like a little bit survive in the real world, especially because things are so up in the air right now. It's like if you can genuinely connect with someone during a crisis, that's a relationship test in itself. So it's like you're skipping a couple bases, which is nice. It's so interesting because I have so many weddings and engagements I was invited to in this past few weeks because I'm Persian and everyone gets married every five seconds. Literally. There was one Persian couple that was supposed to have their wedding on Saturday. Obviously, they've postponed it, but they wanted to still get married. So they had a little wedding ceremony with like them and their parents where they got officially married over the weekend. And I'm like, wow, they're obviously going to have the big wedding later on. But it just shows kind of in these times what you're really looking for and what's most important. They really cared to get married, so they still got married. Yeah, no, I really like that. I think as long as they didn't put anyone in harm's way or make anyone feel like they had to go, your marriage is about you and your partner. And I know a lot of weddings are being canceled right now and everyone's freaking out. But if you have true love or just a good relationship, you should only be worried about what your partner wants to do. And if they like want to still get married, then you should and have the party later. I feel like so many people are like, oh, well, no one will be able to see me get married. It's like, well, that's not what it's about. Yeah. Have you learned anything or taken anything from all this crazy coronavirus stuff that's going on about relationships and life? I feel like everyone's kind of making their own takeaways from this. Yeah, that's a great question. I think just that when shit hits the fan, the only people that you really care about are your family and loved ones. I think also I realized I'm getting older and my parents are getting older and it's really scary this time where I feel like I need to protect my parents at all costs, but also that I'm in a 
place where I need to create my own family soon. And my sister is a couple years older than me and she's done that. And that's who she's been staying with. When this first happened, I was like, oh, we're all going to be together as a family. But no, we're all adults now. We're all going to be there for each other. But I think it's time to start our own families, if that makes any sense. I think that's been a thought that's been popping up with a lot of my friends, especially like my single friends. They're like, I feel so lonely. What am I doing? Whereas being single before was like so fun. Do you feel a rush to get married or a pressure to get married? No, not at all. Unless the world is ending, in which case maybe. I saw a meme the other day. There are just a lot of very clever memes that are going around during this crazy time. And someone was like, shout out to all the single guys who are in isolation. Yeah, I posted that. Oh, you did? Yeah. It was so funny. I'm like, true that. Yeah, karma is a bitch. Going back to dating apps, I know that you met your last boyfriend from Raya, right? From Hinge. From Hinge. Okay. So what is your take on dating apps? Do you like them? Are you into them? And just generally speaking, do you think it's helped the world? I know that you've had David Yaris from JSwipe on your episode. I had him on one of mine too. He's great. So yeah, what's your take on dating apps? I think dating apps are amazing, especially in a time like now with Corona. But even before then, everyone has their phone in their hands 24-7. And not everyone has the time to go to a bar, or go to a club or an event. So it's a really, really good way to meet people and connect with people that you already know, but maybe aren't close with friends of friends or people that you had a crush on, but didn't know if they felt the same. A dating app will connect you. Do you think that it's kind of taken away this specialness of meeting people and sift through people and think there's so many options and don't appreciate the people they match with? I think there is a level of not appreciating, but I think that what we're really doing on dating apps as millennials is maximizing the possibilities. So I could be swiping on Hinge or Bumble, whatever, and then happen to go out that night and run into someone. And then it's like, okay, well, now I have two options. I have in person and I have all these people on the app. But I do think you have a point in that people on the app can be more throwaway unless you see them face to face. With the guy that you went out with and broke up, when you were going through that time of a breakup, you give so much advice on your podcast to people about relationships. Where did you turn to to get advice about your breakup and getting over that and moving on and mending through that? Just my therapist, honestly, and some close friends, but I didn't feel like I needed so much advice because I had really talked the whole thing through with my therapist before we did break up. So I felt like I had like a leg up from the breakup, if that makes any sense. And I really talked to my followers a lot, talked to the microphone recording and I got through it that way, which was really special and different. How do you suggest or advise people who are going through a breakup or even just going through a guy that they like that they're no longer speaking to to move? on to the next chapter because it's really hard sometimes to do that and you hold on to that last person even though you want to try to move on. My best advice is to get under someone else to get over someone but if you can't do that and you're having trouble I think it's really nice to like pick up a hobby whether it's starting a podcast finally doing that thing you've been putting off forever maybe it's going back to school maybe it's having that job on the side whatever it is that's your time if you're feeling like you're single and you're like I don't know what to do before you know it, you'll be married with kids and you won't have the time to do those things, even though right now it seems like you'll be single forever. So I would say do those things. Do the thing at the bottom of your list. How important do you think it is to have self-love and feeling empowered by yourself before you're in a relationship or an unhappy one? Because sometimes people think the answer to their problems is being in a relationship and that's why they're upset because they're not. I think self-love is hard to achieve, but self-awareness is really important. And if you have self-awareness, self-love 
love comes hand in hand. So I would say do work on yourself, look within, whether it's seeing a therapist or meditating or doing good deeds that make you feel esteemed. Unless you know yourself, you're not going to find someone that's a good match for you. So I think self-awareness over self-love. So you've done a lot of amazing podcast episodes. Do you have a favorite one or one that you were like, wow, I really learned a lot or amazing takeaway that I didn't know before? Mm. I just recorded one recently that I'm actually airing this coming Sunday with a friend of mine. He's an astrologer and he does an account called Queer Cosmos. And he was just so funny and interesting and we just vibed so much. And I learned a lot from his episode. So it's really hard for me to pick favorites because it's like my children. But since that's the most recent one, I'm going to shout it out because it's going to be a really good one. He's just super entertaining. What are some quick things that you learned from it without giving too much away? I learned kind of what I already knew that compatibility is not really a thing when it comes to signs. I learned that Taylor Swift is amazing, even though I already knew that. And I learned how important your early 20s are. And it's something that he talked about specifically because we're always thinking about, oh, our Saturn return, which is 28 to 30. But it's actually so much more important things that we go through in our early 20s. So I don't want to give too much away, but you'll have to listen and check it out. I'm going to listen to that. And I'll put that in the show notes because I think it'll be up before I put this up. My podcast Behind the Rainbow is about sharing authentic struggles and real life things that you may not share on your social media or share publicly. So a game I like to play with my guests is what's something difficult that you've gone through in the past week or so and how are you dealing with it or how have you dealt with it? That's a great question. Um, In the past week or so, I mean, it's hard to think about anything other than Corona stuff. I mean, I did go through a situation where I had said something publicly about Corona before it got as bad as it is now. And my producer forgot to cut it out of the last episode. So I got kind of attacked. And it was really hard because all I'm doing is trying my best and trying to stay up with the news and give listeners the best advice that I can. And I felt like I really failed them because that was still up there. And I was like, oh, you should go out. Who cares? And that's not how I feel now. So that was really hard for me. And I felt really bad about myself after that. Do you feel the pressure to be a certain way or to watch what you're saying or act a certain way because you have people who are following you and listening to what you say? Definitely. I actually had another situation where I was saying things about Madison from The Bachelor and people were brutally attacking me. You can't say anything that's not PG if you have a following. That's it. That's what you got to do, you know? You are doing so many amazing things and I'm sure you get asked this cliche question all the time. What is Lindsay in five years doing in kind of every aspect of life, work, love? In five years, I definitely hope to be with someone that I really want to spend the rest of my life with. I want to get a degree to coach so I can be like more of a legit dating coach. And I just want to reach people on a wider scale and help them talk about their dating lives and give dating advice like an older sister, which I feel like I've been trying to do for so long and tell people what I wish I was told when I was first emerged into the dating world. And you went on tour. You did live podcasts. That's when I first connected with you because you were coming to LA for a second. Yeah, it was like last year and this summer. How was that? And what was your take on that? Are you going to do that again? 
It was so much fun. And I loved connecting with my fans face to face and getting to see, you know, what kind of people listen to the podcast. And I will 100% do it again. But we just had to cancel our Nashville show because of Corona. So once it's safe to get together in large groups, I will be doing that again. And my last and final question for you is you give so many amazing lessons and takeaways, even from this episode, I'm going to write down everything you said for myself. But what's one last message or takeaway you want people who are listening to this episode to take from you and things maybe that you've learned from, I don't know, all of your experiences and all of your episodes? I think right now with the current climate, just don't give up. Someone out there is looking for exactly what you have to offer. So don't give up on yourself. It's a really hard time, whether that means don't drink yourself into oblivion or spiral your mental health. Just keep swimming. And I promise there is someone out there that needs what you have. So keep your head up during this time. Love it. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for doing this. Of course. So the outro I have is I say until next time. And I always ask my guests to do it for me. So do you mind saying until next time? Until next time. (laughs) 